0: Welcome to the New City Fellowship West End Sermon Podcast. We hope and pray this message equips, empowers, and encourages you. And now, today's sermon. If you don't know who I is, and I know how to use my grammar, <laughs> I graduated Covenant, maybe, but you'll know who I am. I'm Anthony Johnson, the assistant pastor here at New City Fellowship West End. Today, I get the honor of continuing our series in Luke. um, That's called, It's Good News of Great Joy, and it's for who? All All the people. And so today, I pick up our our, uh, gospel in the chapter of Luke, chapter 9, and I'm going to be going from uh, verses 51 to 62. So if you have it, you can locate it in your bulletin or you can locate it in your Bible. If you happen to bring your, bring your Bible today, because I didn't put, when I did my slides today, I didn't put the whole thing on the slide. So you don't have to follow the bulletin or, you know, back in the day, you used to have to bring your Bible to church. <laughs> when you get, when you're ready, say amen. amen. Seeing that pastor's ready, but I ain't hear the rest of y'all. <laughs> when you're ready, say amen. amen. All right. That, I'm, I'm still doubtful, but I'm going to go ahead and go home. All right. So Luke chapter 9 verses 51 through 62. When the day drew drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent his messengers ahead of him, who sent who went and entered the village of of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. That's the word of the Lord, New City. I'm going to tag our time together, put some respect on his name. Put some respect on his name. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the opportunity to sit in your word together as a church, Lord. I pray that you meet us, Lord. Meet us in this time to shepherd and grow your church. Lord, I pray that in this moment that Anthony Johnson decrease and you increase, that I may have boldness and conviction of your word to share with your people of God. And all those who believe in Jesus said, amen. Put some respect on his name. We can go to the next slide because everybody's probably going to know where I'm going to go when the next slide pop up. Put some respect on his name. 2016 was an interesting year. We should have known that it was gonna be a weird year because you know why? The Cubs won the World Series. <laughs> we, we, got to, we got to like admit that the world has not been the same since the Cubs won the World Series. And matter of fact, if we could go back in the, and turn the hands of time, and I know y'all in St. Louis and y'all, I know the Cubs is like the Samaritans. We should make it so they didn't win and things might be better today. But you know what? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) There was an interview on The Breakfast Club also that happened in 2016. It was in the morning because it was The Breakfast Club featuring Charlamagne, Angie Yee, and DJ Envy. Now, they're sitting there before the show, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, pops up. I'll I'll say legendary. The brother did some good stuff with cash money. I'll give him him that. You know, he started it. It wasn't nothing. He pops up. And it's Birdman looking right at them. And Birdman had some beef with, uh, with all of the breakfast Club. Because they had been saying things about Bird's, Birdman's incident with um, Lil' Wheezy. And I'm just going to leave it at that. You can look it up on your own time um, <laughs> and see what they were talking about. Um, and then they were saying stuff like, Birdman wasn't paying his artist on time and all of that, all the stuff like that. So Birdman, you know, being the dude that he is, shows up and he says... I just I need to I just need to come come in and he said now now one of the pastors said I should do the video but then I looked at the video and then I'm like ooh <laughs> that may be too much for church <laughs> but he said put some respect on my name when you use it and so that became a whole meme and then there's other quotes that, I, this is probably the most quotable two-minute interview that ever existed. <laughs> because he said, put some respect on my name when it comes out your mouth. Now, here's what I wonder. What if old JC pulled up on us? JC meaning Jesus Christ if you weren't following along. <laughs> what if he pulled up? would he say we've been putting respect on his name? Whether we're a disciple of Christ, whether we're testing him out, or we're a non-Christian, we can all fail to give him his due respect. But because Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, church, we must put some respect on his name. Because Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, we must put some respect on his name. Um, I, if I could use the PCA point of order, <laughs> you mind turning down my my mic a little bit because I'm a big mouth person. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to overwhelm anybody. Is that good, everybody? Okay, awesome. So, because he was on his way to Jerusalem, we must put his respect on his name. And you may be asking at this point, well, Pastor. How do we put respect on his name? Well, I'm glad you asked, I'm gonna tell you. I got two points. See, I got less than three. I only got two points today. If <laughs> to, we go to the next slide. Oh, the next slide after that, sorry. <laughs> so, because he was on his way to Jerusalem, we must take the challenge of rejection and we must also take the challenge of acceptance. Those are the two points I'm going to hit, then I'm going to be in my seat this time for real because pastor is doing communion and I won't stay up here. So I'm really going to be in my seat when I say I'm going to be in my seat this time. All right, so this brings me to my first point. Because Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, we must take the challenge of rejection. We can go to the the next uh, slide. now. Verse 51 reads like this. When the days drew near for him to be taken up. Let's pause right there. Now, if you notice, it says, when the days drew near for him to be taken up. That to be taken up, I want to put this before you, church. Some may interpret it that it means that he's going to be hung on the cross, but I want to put this idea in your heart. I take that to mean that it's talking about his ascension. Because that word to be taken up is the same word used to describe Jesus' Ascension, And if you worry, not if you worry, if you notice, it's also in the passive case. And whenever something is passive, that means that the verb is acting on you rather than you acting on the verb or whatever it is. I may have said that wrong because my grammar is not that great. But anyhow, it means that somebody else is doing something to you. Whenever the passive is used in line with Jesus, it's usually God that's doing the work. So you know what the fancy scholars call that? A divine passive. <laughs> so that means God is at work. And so to be, to be take, taken up meant that God was going to do the taking up. So the way that's how I arrived at that, that's talking about Jesus' ascension. And then you throw, then another nugget in there to throw in there to make it, to uh, help you see that it's how I'm getting there. We just had the transfiguration that showed his glory on earth, and the ascension is his ultimate glory. So that was in there, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just throwing that. So that to be taken up, that means his ascension, okay? Now, then it says this. He set his face to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to put this thought in your head too. It may sound obvious, but I'm going to still put it in your head. When it says that he was going to go to Jerusalem, it meant that brother was finna die. How do we know that? This is how I arrived here. If you look at in chapter nine in verses 22 to 23, he said, hey, fellas, I'm about to die, okay? I'm just saying, I'm just keeping it real up here. And then if you look at verse 44, he said this as if he, because he knew these brothers wasn't gonna get it, so he said it again. Hey, brothers, I'm about to go die. And so in light of all of that, what we have is the framing of this of this narrative is that when the days drew near for him to be taken up, his ascension, and then his and then he went, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, we have his crucifixion. So you have his ascension and his crucifixion. You with me, church? Yes. Amen. Awesome. Now I love how it says it set his, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. That means that he had purpose. His purpose was the ascension and the, resurre- and the, uh, the, ascension and the crucifixion. Church, what does God have your face set this evening? What are the divine appointments that God has for you right now? Sometimes things that we hope God would do for us they just don't work out in our time. But maybe the reason that they didn't work out, church, is that God needed our faith set on something else while he worked some things out. Sometimes we get a calling right in front of our faith, but God puts our faith somewhere else so he can work some things out. I worked for, believe it or not, I went to Covenant Seminary for four years. And you know what I did for the first 10 years of my life of pastoral ministry? I tuck-pointed. It doesn't sound like Tuck pointing got anything to do, to do with being a pastor, but let me tell you something. If you can train fifteen young people of I don't care if they're from the city or not, if you can train fifteen young people in the sun, and at by the end of the, the end of the year they don't want to kill you, you can pastor a church. <laughs> so God, God took. I had my face set on tuck pointing, but God was preparing the way for me in pastoral ministry. Some of us may find ourselves in that same position today, that God has your face set on something, but he he showed you where you was going to be. Same thing happened with David. God gave him a vision of the palace, but brother spent a lot of days in the desert writing songs about how Saul was trying to kill him. So he had his face set on Jerusalem. Now, so Jesus knew he was gonna get ascend- he was gonna to go to his ascension, and he was gonna do the crucifixion. So, what he starts to do is he prepares his disciples for his departure. And so, Jesus starts to challenge them to grow as disciples. And I'm gonna show you this in verse 52. Here it is. And I'm going to see if y'all catch it when I say it. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. Y'all hear that? Y'all hear the challenge? Now, the challenge there is Samaritans. If you were Jew, you didn't really mess with Samaritans like that Y'all didn't get along. We can't really pick that up in the, in the scripture, but if you was a Jew, you know what I'm saying? Like, you looking at Jesus like, bruh, why is we going to a Samaritan village? You know we don't, do, we don't, you know we don't mess with them like that. And don't sit up in his church and act like y'all still don't act like that. Come on now. <laughs> that we don't mess with them that. And so it was going to be a challenge because <laughs> Jesus was setting this challenge up because he knew that they were going to they were gonna face some stuff and you know what happened they faced some stuff here it is in verse 53 but the people did not receive him why because his face was set toward jerusalem there are many reasons why they may not have received them for because his face was set toward jerusalem because he was going to go die and all of that i got there can be i got three for you right now and i'm and they're going to be very simple one Samaritans and Jews didn't get along, so they didn't want nothing to do with no Jewish people coming in talking about no Jewish dude headed to Jerusalem, the most Jewish city at that time. So they were like, bro, get out of here with that. We don't want nothing to do with that, okay? That's one reason. A second possible reason. Now, it was well known that Romans don't play that. Sorry, I had Homie the Clown in my mind. Sorry, I. <laughs> sorry, I paused. Sorry. If you don't know home, Homie the Clown, it's in a living color. Look, look, I would say if you look it up at your own at your own risk. But, <laughs> but they know that Rome didn't Rome didn't play that. If you was gonna rebel against Rome, they was gonna come. They was gonna crush you. They was gonna don't, like don't be a menace while drinking your juice. Like they stump old dude out. That's what Rome was doing to everybody. Like just like that. So the Samaritans, knowing that, said, we don't want no Jewish dude talking about he's headed to Jerusalem because it was well known back then that if you was a Jewish brother and you was headed to Jerusalem and you was talking about you was, a, you was a king, and you had all the stuff and you doing the things Jesus was doing, that you was finna launch a rebellion and it was about to go down and the Samaritans was just like, nah, we don't want no part of that. You're not finna get us stumped out. That's reason number two. Reason number three is probably the simplest one of all. They just didn't agree with God. <laughs> they said they didn't agree with the purpose of God. I happen to think that it's a mixture of all three, but there could be other reasons. But given the light that it, he was on his way to Jerusalem, those are, the, those are the mix of three reasons that I've landed at. All right, now, so they got rejected because of, because of all of that. Then here comes the challenge. Now, you would think that they would know better, like we should know better, but James and John... My, my, my. Look what they say. Here it is. Here it is in verse 54. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, you, you know that the disciples, like, told these stories to people and all of that. I wonder if they said, nah, brothers, y'all leave y'all two names right there because we ain't got nothing to do with that. I just wondered that. But anyway, they saw it and they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Let's break these, what these brothers are saying down because we read this a lot and we don't really put it together. They didn't say, hey, Lord, you know what we should do? We should have, we should call some fire down, burn down their houses, let them know that we mean business. That's extreme, but, or we could call fire down and eliminate all of their crops. Again, that's extreme, but look what they actually say. They said, call down fire from heaven to consume them. They talking about consuming people with fire. So they is in another place. So now, let me put this before you church. They not trying to call down that fire because they just mad that Jesus, they rejected Jesus. Because there were a lot of Jewish places and Jewish villages that rejected Jesus before we got there. Matter of fact, Jesus, it's probably the Jesus' first sermon at his home church. They tried to throw, throw bra off a whole cliff. So this wasn't the first people that rejected Jesus. So I'm, I, I believe that it was, it was their bigotry and their hate toward the Samaritans that drove what they were saying about what they wanted to, God to do. And in some manuscripts, they even reference Elijah in 2 Kings 1, verse 1, when Elijah calls down fire from heaven and consumes two company of the Lord's army. So they're looking for They were trying to go in right there. So Jesus challenges them. How do we know that? In verse 55, it says, but he turned and he rebuked them. He turned and rebuked. Rebuke means that he checked them. He said, no, that's not what we are about. Jesus was challenging them to put respect on his name to say that even when folks reject you, I'm calling in you into not calling down fire on villages. And saints, I think the disciples learned a lesson. How do we know that? And they went on to another village. The disciples are known to, when Jesus says something they don't like, they are challenge them but they seem to receive the message as they went on to another village. And we have this story in the text. If you telling the story and you know you goofed like this, you wouldn't want it in there. (laughs) Secondly, Jesus later tells the story of the good Samaritan. Another story, the story of the Samaritan woman. So the disciples got this lesson that respecting Jesus means that when our enemies reject Jesus, we don't call fire down from heaven to consume them. Brothers and sisters, the world will reject Jesus. The world will reject Jesus. He doesn't need us to defend him. We don't gotta fight his enemies because he fights our enemies. Jesus rebukes us in our attempts to defend him when our defending him causes us our neighbor to believe that we hate them. One of the most saddest things that can be said about the church today is that we are a people of hate. Church, we can stand on truth without sacrificing love, and we can stand on love without sacrificing truth. That's a false dichotomy that the world makes, but in Christ we can do that, and God welcomes welcomes us into that as a church, to not call down fire on people's villages because they, they don't, they reject Jesus. We're called to that. This is what, this is our challenge to show what it means to put respect on his name as a church. Where are the Samaritan villages in your circles, in your family? You know the people that you don't mess with like that, now, I ain't talking about situations where, where there's like situations of serious abuse where you needed to get out or you were or you healing from that. That's not what I'm talking about. That I'm talking about us being petty when we just don't like people because of, we just don't like them for whatever it may be. And don't act just because like we Christians, we don't act like that. Come on, let's be real. The, the reason that there was a lot of church splant, there was a lot of church splants out there. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Who are, the people, who are the people groups that you want to call down fire on? Do we want fire for those struggling with same-sex attraction in our pews? And in our denomination, even in our pastorates? Do we want fire for those whose views for addressing kingdom justice is different from ours? And I'm not talking about, oh, they don't see the problem. It's like they see the problem, but we disagree on how we go about addressing it. Because if they don't see the problem, then I like the way that minister book puts it. If they don't agree with God or they don't listen to God, what makes you think they are gonna listen to you? (laughs) Do we want fire for men in the church? Do we want fire for women in the church? Do we want fire for black people from different socioeconomic status from us? Do we want fire for those hood, quote-unquote, hood black people? Do we want fire for those, quote-unquote, bougie black people? Do we want fire for them on team iPhone? Do we want fire for the the best team, team Android? Who are, the, who are those that we want to call fire down on that Jesus needs to rebuke us just a little bit this afternoon? <laughs> the way of the world, church, is to counsel our enemies. But the way of Christ calls us to something different. Now that we took the challenge of rejection, we must take the challenge of Acceptance. When I say acceptance, I mean accepting Jesus and following him. So we're going to highlight three ways that, that three different people interacted with this challenge of acceptance. The first one occurs in verse 57. Oh, we can go to the next text. As they were going along, along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, when that brother says, I'm gonna follow you for wherever, for wherever you go, he's saying, Jesus, I'm gonna be a straight rider for you. Wherever you go, I'm gonna go. Whoever you finna be into it with, I'm finna be into it with. Okay? That's what that means when he say, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, this brother's a bit over, overzealous, and so Jesus challenges them. He said, and Jesus, and Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Remember, the passage says that they were on their way. He was on his way to Jerusalem. Now, if you're on your way to the Jerusalem, we just said that means that he was preparing to die. That means that he said, if you're going to follow me, you got to understand where it's going to lead. It's going to be the school of the hard knocks that it ain't no easy way to follow me, that zeal is not going to be enough because suffering is going to be along the way. It's a cost to following Jesus, and Jesus needed him to understand that. So that's why he says that. Now, renovations. I am a man of below average handsiness. My mama, my mama told me that I needed to make sure I made money with my mind <laughs> rather than with my hands. That's how bad it was. <laughs> my brother is the complete opposite. He can, he just can, can do that. But I'm below average with my hands, and it's, so that's why it's funny that God had me do tug pointing for ten years. But that's a different story. When you start a renovation in your house, we can all tend to have a little bit of, uh, you know how can I say, unrealistic expectations. Because you look at that project and you say, I can probably get that done by the weekend. (laughs) Yeah, see some of y'all done did it too. (laughs) I can get that done in the weekend. You get your your tools, you know, you may even get a tool belt, you ready to go, you hit into that wall, you hit that, then you hit that issue and you just like, and this is what I call the uh uh-oh moment of the renovation. And here's what happens in the uh uh-oh moment. You get into the wall, and then you break something, uh uh-oh, and then you need to fix it. Or you get to the moment where somebody else breaks something that still may be you, and you need to fix it, or or some workmanship wasn't done right, and you need to fix it, and all of a sudden that project takes the project that you started out with so much zeal with, takes longer than you thought. This is what Jesus was talking about with this this man, saying, hey man, count the cost of what this really takes to follow me. So search, where is our zeal for following Jesus bigger than our capacity to sacrifice? Where is our zeal to follow Jesus bigger than the actual resources that we have? In today's world, saints, can I offer us some rest? In today's world, we have, the un- we have the benefit in the curse of knowing everything that's happening everywhere. We know where people are suffering, where people, where people have done wrong. We are aware of all the injustices in the world. And I think where this challenges us is to make us realize that we can have a zeal for injustice in the world, but we only can be 12 hour a day people. You only have 12 hours in a day. And we can't care about every injustice or every wrongdoing or every bad doctrine that's out there in the world. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm saying don't, I'm not saying don't be be unfilling, but I'm saying having a realistic assessment of what we're able to accomplish in a day. Sometimes God calls us to focus on, on one thing. And what it reminds us of is what did Jesus say he was going to do in Matthew 16? He said he was going to build his church. Nine times out of 10, the issues of injustice in the world, God already has agents on the ground working it out. So let us, let us be careful. Now, also, don't hear what I'm not saying. Use it as, oh, I don't do anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> but where is our zeal bigger than our resources? So the next one is 59 to 60, another brother. Now, Jesus talks to this man and he says, follow me. But check out what he says. He says, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus, sorry, Jesus says something that seems on firsthand saying, dang, Jesus, you got to do him like that. <laughs> Look what he says. Listen, you don't believe, he, here's what Jesus said to this brother. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Again, you are probably thinking, dang, Jesus, that's how, we, that's how we doing it here in these streets today? This is, what, this is what actually was going on and why Jesus said he was saying. Back in the day, if your relative died, you need to put them in the ground that day. That was the custom. So if this brother was, if this brother was saying, first, let me go, go bury my father, it's very unlikely that his daddy is already dead. It's more than likely that his dad is still alive. And what this brother is saying is, let me first... Go home and be with my dad until my dad passes away and I can, and I can, not in an evil way, but this is just the reality of just how life works. And when my dad passes away, I can have the comfort and security of the inheritance to be out on the road with you. So this is why Jesus says what he says. He says, let the dead bury the dead and you go proclaim the kingdom of God. Because again, he was on his way to Jerusalem and on the way to Jerusalem, comfort, is not going to be promised. Matter of fact, discomfort is promised on the way to Jerusalem. So brothers and sisters, where are the comfort and insecurities, what are the comforts and insecurities that are hindering us when Jesus says, follow me? I just bought a house, as you guys know, and one of the things that God dropped dropped in my spirit that hurt my feelings. He said, is this house for your comfort or is this house to further your following me. There's a lot of good things and a lot of great things to enjoy in this world, but sometimes we can make those things ultimate and we don't follow God because we're so stuck on following the things that make us comfortable. So today, church, where may God be calling us to say, I need to give up that comfort so I can follow Jesus in a deeper way. Where's God calling us this evening? The next brother, that gets the call, to that issues a call, is in verse 61. He says, yet another said, I will follow you, you, Lord. So he said, I'm going to follow you, Lord, but he gives a but. But first, let me say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus says to him, another harsh statement, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let's break that down. You, one, of, one of the things I love about scripture is that when you break it down using logic, it makes so much sense what's going on. So let's, let's break down the logic. If brother is going home first, how did they get around back then? Yeah, they was on foot patrol. It's going to take a long time to walk home. Now, when you go to someone's house to visit your whole family, maybe it's just me, how many times do you get there and you're looking for Pookie, Rayway, Mama and them, Grandma, Uncle Pete, all of them, and they all in one space? That never happens. <laughs> that never happens. You got to wait on Mama and them to come back from Bible study. Then you got to wait on Uncle to come back from the corner that he, being, he, he on and all of that. Then you got to, it's all this stuff that you got to wait on. And by the time you done said goodbye to everybody, oh, then I forgot this. You got to pack your bags. And that takes time. You got to put stuff in the bag to get ready to go. <laughs> like, so, so this is the problem. Y'all see the problem is likely. And then we're not even putting on, on top of that. Brother has to walk back from the house, figure out where Jesus is at, and you got to make sure back then, because it's too long to walk and not know where you're going. <laughs> I'm just saying. So he wasn't going to ever come back. <laughs> So Jesus says, no one who puts the, his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, you can't serve Jesus and have mixed loyalties. Can I put it like this? You can't serve Jesus and have a side piece. Now, when you, now for those of y'all that have been like, hey, what's a side piece? Let me tell you. A side piece is when you're in a ro- romantic relationship with one person and then you go get another person to be in a relationship with them on the what? Side. There he is, side piece. <laughs> so you, we can't serve Jesus and have side pieces. Brothers and sisters, what are the side pieces that we got this evening? Could it be our family? So, some of us may, may not be being obedient to what God has us to be doing in our lives because we're afraid of what our family might say. Maybe your family is like, don't move to that neighborhood or don't go reach out to those people. Don't do this, don't do that because you're going to disappoint us. Or I thought you was going to be a doctor. Why are you over there doing that and asking people for money and you over there eating beanies and weenies and all of that to go make the God's love known? Well, because that's what you told me to do in church. That's why. (laughs) Kurt Franklin used to say, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and... Gold. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we can't have mixed loyalty and have side. We can't have mixed loyalties. We can't have Jesus in side pieces. And for my, for my um old school, my more lar- lowry brothers and sisters, what Jesus says is you can't follow Jesus and be a rolling stone yes. via the temptations. <laughs> So church, you may be at the point like me, where you're just like, man, Jesus. So you mean that in order to show you respect in the world and put some respect on your name, I can't call fire down on my enemies? Ooh, hit that Fred Sanford. Ooh. You also mean that in order to put some respect on your name. I can't have comfort and security like a, like, I can't have that be promised. Mm. And then what you're also saying is to put respect on your name. I can't have no… I can't do the things I want to do and follow you. I can't sin and follow you, that's what you're saying? Do you mean to tell me that I can't enter in this thing with a bunch of zeal and beat my chest, that it's gonna cost more than me just having zeal and beat my chest, to put some respect on your name? I hope we feel the weight of that. Because if you if like me, I don't know if I can do, I can't measure up to that. I can't do that. I can't. And can I let you in on a little secret too? Neither can you, but can I tell you good news? And then I promise you I'm in my seat. He was on his way to Jerusalem. Come on church, I think y'all missed that. He was on his way to to Jerusalem. See on his way to Jerusalem, he took on a challenge of our rejection and our acceptance. On his way to Jerusalem, he was rejected by his hometown. You see, on his way to Jerusalem, he was misunderstood by his church leadership, his elders and his deacons in the the auxiliary board, the mother's board. They misunderstood him. On his way to Jerusalem, he had to train some foolish-headed, thick disciples. On his way to Jerusalem, he would feed and heal people of their sickness. On his way to Jerusalem, he told us about a good Samaritan, not a bad Samaritan, but a good Samaritan. On his way to Jerusalem, he knew he would be betrayed by one of his best friends. On his way to Jerusalem, he knew he was about to face a sham trial. See, on his way to Jerusalem, he knew that his Jewish people would reject him for a murder. On his way to Jerusalem, he knew that they would beat him like they beat our ancestors. Say, yeah. On His way to Jerusalem, He knew that they would put a crown of thorns on His head. You see on the way to Jerusalem, He knew that they would make Him carry a no rugged cross on up, up to that Golgotha. See on the way to Jerusalem, he, they knew they would put nails in His hand. On His way to Jerusalem, He knew they would put na- a nail in His foot. On His way to Jerusalem, they knew they He would put Him on the cross. On His way to Jerusalem, He knew they would piss Him in his side on his way to jerusalem he knew he would die on his way to jerusalem he knew that he faced the rejection of sin we faced the rejection of sin and death because like the old song says sin left a crimson stain see but what i'm so happy about today church what i'm so happy about church? that on the way to jerusalem jesus i'm going to talk over here i said oh my on his way to jerusalem Jesus, y'all not ready here, I'm gonna come over here. On, my, oh, his way to, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus paid it all. On his way to Jerusalem, he knew the third day he would rise up on early on that Sunday to secure our acceptance. On his way to Jerusalem, he made it so we could take the challenge of rejection and acceptance. And, Saints, let me tell you, we're on our way to a new Jerusalem. We're on our way to a new Jerusalem. So we got to put some respect on this name, And if you believe it like I do, stand up and give God some praise. And say, yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah.